Welcome to We Hear Her. I am Erin Trenbeth Murray. And I am Jennifer Bean. We're here today with another amazing woman who's sharing her story and insights to lessons learned. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to We Hear Her, the podcast from Women Who Succeed. I am Jennifer Bean, and I'm here today with Lindsay Wilner. This lady has done a lot of things in her colorful life, so I'm going to let her start. Tell us what you are doing right now. What keeps you busy? Well, I have changed careers later in life, and I dig that because I think women can be more than one thing in this yes. world. So Thank you. I, well, <laughs> right on. Being a good example. I, I think love it. The world is a generous place, and uh, if you're willing to you know, make your claim, it will respond accordingly. Yeah. So I came originally from Chicago to okay. find, um, I was the founding director of the Christmas Box House. Which I love. Thank you so much. Well, it's a great facility. Yes. Uh, I think our community owes uh, Richard Paul Evans, the author, a huge uh, um, thanks for giving us a building. And then I could go in and hire staff, create the programming for the at-risk youth, and find emergency foster care placements. The really great gift of the Christmas Box House, and it's that holiday season, right? Yes, but it it's is. the gift that keeps on giving is when children are removed from a bad situation due to abuse, neglect, or abandonment, we no longer then have to take that sibling group and break it apart. I love we that. We can keep them together and that is incredibly supportive for those children who feel like the rug just got ripped from yeah, under them. It gives them something to hang on to. Hang it on sure to, does. stabilizing, and uh, they don't get re-victimized, if yes, you will. Yes, yes, exactly. So, so but, but you were originally from Chicago. When right. did you move here to Salt Lake? I moved in the 90s, okay. so I've been here a while. I, I love the mountains. It's very different than Chicago with its skyscrapers. Yeah, that's and, true. And uh, once the program was up and running, I decided uh, in my middle age to make a career shift. Is the Christmas Box House what actually brought you here? Yes, I, really? I did an internship and I finished my internship and I was thinking of going back to Chicago because your original degree is in psychology, yes. Right, I have a doctorate in clinical psych. You have a Dr. great memory. Dr. Lindsay. Yeah, I well, like it. You're, you're I'll kind. Use it. <laughs> I'll use it when I want to. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm honored. And uh, so, yes, I, I had the privilege of being able to create the programming, hire the staff, get it up and running. And once it was, uh, that was my time to exit. To move on. Yeah. Yeah, what was your next step? Well, I wrote a screenplay, and Frank Johnson, who was the director of Touch by an Angel, just so happened to read it, and he said, do you want to be partners? Uh, I think we can make this movie. Yeah. And uh, that's when I started screenwriting and producing and directing. Yeah. Uh, he was incredibly gracious with me, and so I just wrapped a student-driven film that we've entered into some film festivals, and I am currently working on Ledge Dweller my film, who uh, right now is starring Mark Povinelli. Uh, he's an actor who was in Water for Elephants with Reese Witherspoon. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he just wrapped a movie with Bradley Cooper. 
So he's actually the lead in my film, and he is three and a half feet tall. And the interesting thing about Mark Povinelli is he's an accomplished actor. His best friend is Peter Dinklage. That name has, you know, more recognition, but I think Mark Povinelli holds his own. And yes, that's true. That's he is true. now the president of LPA, Little People of America. Okay. What Mark has said is that they would like to be called short-statured. Uh, really? Our, our society traditionally has used what they call the M word. And so you can go down the aisle at the supermarket and get pickles that are called midgets. And they have tried <laughs> to uh, bring closure to that and to, to stop that. It. They yeah. don't have role models in their community. They feel that they're marginalized and objectified. And so right. they want to be called short-statured. So Mark is on a mission to try to change that because I think a prince is short-statured. <laughs> and so I said to Mark, that's your story to tell. And if this movie gives you a platform to do that, then, then even better. But Ledge Dweller is actually about a middle-aged woman yes. who, figuratively speaking, goes out on the ledge and has to <laughs> jump uh, before she can fly. And she jumps, and she goes on a rampage. And let me let me guess, is this a story that you've personally experienced yourself, or is this you're telling it for a friend? <laughs> you know, that's such a, a good question. I think as a writer, there is certainly parts of me and my experiences interwoven into yeah. the script. Yeah. Because I think for writing to be believable, it has to be honest. And I really wanted Vulnerable. to, yeah. And yeah. so I think it's that and uh, a collection of my experiences that I had as a psychologist bearing witness to men and women telling their stories and yeah. then trying to knit that into the narrative. What, what men and women experience in middle age right. and how they navigate that. And they, they do it very differently, yeah. actually. So I'm, I'm so curious, is this... Your, your work with men and women um, as a psychologist across the chair from them, so to speak, right. is that what inspired you to, to sort of try to tell the story of, uh, of that journey? I think so. I, or what was your inspiration behind the writing? Such, yeah, another great question. I, I, if I didn't believe people could move from a challenging place to a much better one, if I didn't have faith in that process, I don't know if I could have done what I did yeah. and listened to the stories that were told that sure. were just uh, incredibly painful stories often. Right. And so uh, when people can move to a better place, uh, they have a reckoning, they take personal inventory, and and then they some they find redemption in moving to a more positive place. And I liked the issues that came down, that would arise because they were issues that I think a lot of us deal with. But we're somewhat universal. Yes. Yeah. And, and, but they don't always get talked about. Sure. And so I wanted to show a woman who was caught up in an emotional vacuum. Uh, women are socialized to put everybody first. Yes. And that's why in this story, she, uh, when she finds out her husband is having an affair with a very close friend of hers, she doesn't turn her anger outward, she turns it inward and engages in very self-destructive behaviors. 
and she has to go through that until she finds her way into her own footsteps. I love how your personal faith and belief that things will work out and that there is beauty beyond um, well said beauty beyond the struggle and the challenge and the mm -hmm. reality that's right now there's something else next yes and do you find that um, you've had a moment in your life where you've been on the cliff ready to jump I do um, I once think, or multiple times <laughs> I think multiple times yeah. and I think one is when I decided to switch lanes with my career it was a gutsy move it's very gutsy and and I love but I love what you're bringing along from one career to the next the stories yes that, and it, that you were able to somehow weave with your own yeah and I, then put on paper Yes, I think you, uh, it, for me as a writer, uh, it helps to be a keen observer of human behavior. Oh, yes. And, yes. and so I try to observe and, and listen. And that's the key, too, when you talk to an actor. Uh, I think if you talk to the actors that are really good at their craft, and when I say actors, I mean both men and women, yeah, sure. they will say the most important thing. I did. I actually had the honor of talking to Michael Caine about this. Yeah. Listen. If you listen, then you can be in the moment with that person and respond in a in, a, in an authentic way. Right. And it takes me back to one thing I, I tell my kids and I, I hold so true to my heart, and that is to listen to understand, not listen to respond all the time, right? And I think there's that's where mm -hmm. you find the fine details and sort of the the story. Right? So to speak. That's the pulse. Yeah. Yeah. That's really where the pulse is. Yeah. What do you love about Utah? I love the mountains. I love the outdoors. I think when I'm hiking in the mountains Ugh. or I'm skiing, it's a very humbling experience to, as weird as this will sound, to feel insignificant in the moment and to bow to all the majesty around me. I like that. It keeps my feet on the ground. Oh my gosh. I love that you just said that. One thing I actually posted on social media when I was in the Rocky Mountains and one of my very favorite feelings is to stand in awe of something so majestic right. and yet feel like such a speck, you know, such a small part. And in some ways that insignificance is rejuvenating. I love that. Right. It's, it's, it allows you to maybe look through the lens a little bit differently so that not every move you make is completely critical, but in general, you're moving in the right direction. Puts it into perspective, right? Right, right, exactly. Yeah. What, what side of the camera do you like to be on? Well, I'm not thin enough to be in front of the camera, <laughs> so I'm very much behind the camera. And unfortunately, that's what's sad, and I'd like to start a nonprofit for women behind the lens because despite grants, support for women, yeah. less than 10% are in jobs behind the camera. If women are in film, it's, it's usually in front, in of, the front of the camera as, a, as an actress. So. And that probably a, a bit perpetuates where women, women should be. In, it does. In, what, it does. It, what is it like to be behind the camera and um, directing the story that, that, especially the ones you've written, and see people bring it to life? What is that like? It's very invigorating because the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Yes. And I think in film, 
it's a collaboration where if people leave their ego at the door mm -hmm. and they come for the higher purpose of the film and they listen to one another without judgment and they're willing to collaborate without ego, yeah. I think there's a transcendence that mm -hmm. comes, a transcendent identity, if you will. Yeah. And that always not only raises everybody's game, but I think it just makes for a better story and a, and a better film in the end. Gosh, and what if we could all live like that in our world, right? right? Transcend the individual opinions and perspectives to something greater. Right? And I think that. women are socialized, I would argue, to, be, to have a proclivity for that. Yeah. We're socialized to not be threatened by interdependence. We're socialized to share our feelings, to have discussions. All of those things are important on a set for actors to be able to talk to one another, sure. uh, figure things out. And they do have to rely on one another uh, in, in order to make a scene convincing. Uh, for me, that always came naturally. The problem, I think, for me as a woman is I've also been socialized to put everybody else first. first. Yes. And so I try to walk that tightrope and recognize that there should be balance there. Right. What do you think has been your most favorite decade of your life? I think right now, because I'm Good wiser. for you. Yeah. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm not what I was in my 20s or my 30s, but in my in my head i i think i'm a lot more together mm -hmm. and because i know myself better because i feel i'm more together i've found my way into my own footsteps i'm comfortable with who i am i feel i have that much more to offer the world yeah. and i have wisdom that i've gleaned through the years that i can apply sure. more effectively to my life so sure. i do well, that value is that. exciting that is so exciting, and I love to think that maybe I haven't even lived it yet. I My like next that. Favorite yeah. decade. I think that yes, and and maybe being forward thinking like that. Uh, when I'm sixty, maybe I'll look at that next decade and think it just got even it, better. Right, because to your point, right? If if what you're living. Um, is is so influenced by the past and what you're bringing along there's always going to be more of that when you're when you're moving forward right and it's a hopeful way of seeing the world yeah what's what's on your bucket list well getting back to feeling insignificant <laughs> on the mountain slopes yeah. i would love to swim with whale sharks whale sharks and they're these majestic huge creatures that yes. live in our oceans but very gentle spirited and so I, I would love, I'm, I scuba dive, and I would love to, yeah, actually dive uh, with the whale sharks. Oh, my gosh. I think that's a fabulous. And see the northern lights. I, I'd like to go I to Finland. Too. And, I would, and, too. And you know those sort of ice huts that they have? Yeah. Uh, not ice huts, but they're glass, and you can see through. And I would love to witness the northern lights. Uh, it must be like a Pink Floyd concert. Right. We'll <laughs> right? never know. But... Maybe maybe we'll get close enough there. Right. Another place where you where where else when when how do you get that feeling, um, and replicate that throughout the day? If you can't land yourself, um, in nature in that way, are there right. other moments you can find that and try to replicate it? I think just uh, taking five minutes out of a day. I don't think a person has to take more than that and just sit, 
have a cup yeah. of tea, uh, I don't know, something to drink, take a walk, take yeah. a deep breath, center yeah. oneself, uh, look at a tree that, you know, is swaying in the breeze outside your window. Yeah. I think it's important to be mindful and sure. present and just taking some time out to think, worry, not connect worry, connect yeah. uh, is incredibly restorative. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Sometimes I would I would also add my kids to that list. To As, spend time yes, with, yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. Sometimes um, they, you know, their perspective is so different and... Right. Um, to hear their worldviews right, and... Right, and No, you're about, shaping them too. Right, then, and then it gets a little bit scary. Right. <laughs> you're like, I'll just go stand in the mountains, that's easier. <laughs> So you are a mother I am as well. Yeah. Tell me, a mother of two. So both sons? No, I have a daughter who I had at, at 40 and a son I had at 45, and they weren't planned, but they're welcomed. Oh, I love that. What yeah. was it like becoming a mother um, a little bit later in life? You know, uh, it was a wake-up call, I think, that uh, I had to think about other people other people <laughs> and I had to show up and children are the greatest gift they're a gift of the highest order but it's to me it's a massive responsibility yeah. I want to raise good citizens of the world if there yeah. were three things I could impart oh tell me kindness mm -hmm. respect gratitude those would be the three I love I'd like them to lead with that I think if they lead with that in their lives, again, getting back to my worldview, that the world is a generous place and it will respond accordingly. Agreed. There is abundance to be had, yes. isn't there? Mm -hmm. what, um, how do you see yourself in your children? I, I like that they both have a really good sense of humor and can oh. laugh at themselves. Uh, I bet your home is a loud and full place at the end of the day. It is, and I really enjoy laughter at, at the dinner table. Mm. And that's sort of a time when we come together at the kitchen table, we catch up with one another, and I think what I really value most about it is, for the most part, we come and we have a sense of humor, and we can laugh about things, we can talk about things. Yes. And I like the fellowship. I like the coming together. Ah, oh, me too. Me too. Whether it's in my home with my family or here doing this um, sort of conversation or, you know, at, at a dinner table in the community. I just, I love being curious and getting to know, right. you know, what's going on out there. And you mentioned early that um, Severed is yes. your son's next he wrote. He wrote the, the screenplay. It's a short, and it was a student-driven film. So a couple of his classmates were in it, and some other young children. It was They were all about 12 at the time, yeah. who maybe wouldn't have had a chance to enter an industry that's hard to penetrate sure. and break through. And uh, these young people came together, and they made a film. They learned about NDAs, non-disclosure agreements. Yeah. Uh, we had an attorney, obviously, that had to help craft that. We had so many adults who showed up to mentor, and I think that's important, is to mentor the younger generation. Yeah. Yeah. I like that women are natural mentors. Yes. And I've also, though, been afforded the opportunity with Frank, for example, to have a male mentor yeah. who extended the hand of grace to me, yeah. who treated me with respect, 
kindness. Gratitude. And yeah. uh, I, yes, so I like when people can just come together for the greater good. Yeah, and I love that you extended your hand back to your son and said, come follow me. I might know a few things. It's, it's completely different to work with a child than it is to raise that child. Right. I well, I made him watch The Stepford Wives, an old film <laughs> from many moons ago. Oh, it is that old, isn't it? I want to raise a, a, a young man who's a feminist and who gets it. Oh, thank you for, to all the women out there that are his age. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So um, one last question. Are there any, any parting thoughts that you have for women of Utah um, or women in general, things that you have gathered um, in your journey that you would want to share in fellowship with them? A couple of things. One would be take risks. It's okay to fail. Uh, when we know better, we do better. Yes. And if we don't take risks, I don't know if we can really grow. Sometimes coloring outside the lines can lead to Very adventures that are incredibly yes. growth promoting. Right. So I would say reach, push, be uncomfortable, Risk. feel it, or you just might miss out. And I will say this, uh, lead with integrity. Mm -hmm lead with confidence and confidence is i've got this now arrogance is i've got this better than you <laughs> oh i, I don't like distinction. i don't like that but i like a woman who is confident and if anybody can't handle that well that's that person's problem it's their issue right it's okay to yeah. be a confident woman yeah. so confidence taking risks using your voice mm -hmm. speaking your truth being true to yourself. I think all of those things uh, would help a woman mm -hmm. try to make the most of the opportunities around her. I love that. I see all of those things in you. Well, right back at you. <laughs> well, thank you, dear. It has been so wonderful to spend some time with you today. Well, the privilege is mine. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for taking time to hear her. Join our efforts and learn more at womenwhosucceed.org. A big thank you to our sponsor, the Clark and Christine Ivory Foundation.